That's right, General Quarters, and this is Battleground. Today is Thursday, September the 3rd, and we have a guest um, who's been on the show before. This guy's great, conservative author. He's uh, He's been everywhere, and uh, he's got a new project he's here to tell us about. Uh, Bruce Abramson, welcome to Battleground. Thanks for coming back. Thanks, Ivan. Always a thrill to be here. Absolutely. So tell us about this new project, man. You've been uh, talking, writing. Uh, I saw you on Sebastian Gorka's podcast the other day. Uh, yeah. that, that guy's a stud, man. Um, yeah, always uh, always a pleasure. To, yeah, to absolutely. So what's this project about? Okay, so starting Monday, which is Labor Day, I'm going to be coming to everybody as Dr. America via video. Dr. And America. Dr. America. Awesome. And the, uh, the, the, the message is simple, okay? I got a video series called American Restoration with Dr. America. And I have been tracking the growth of progressivism for upwards of 15 years now. I've studied where it's come from, how its people operate, what their tactics are, how to spot what they're doing, and most importantly, how to defend against it. And when I say how to defend against it, I mean two ways. One, you personally, when they come after you, and two, us as a country, we think about how to change the way things are going, because quite frankly, we let this happen to us. 100%. I agree with you. We, we totally let this crap happen. I mean, it's insane. It's, uh, it's actually, actually, you know, Bruce, I'm, I'm convinced it's insanity. Um, and, and these people are, are actual lunatics on the other side. It's, uh, it, it is frightening. I've seen what, uh, what socialism, Marxism has done, you know, around the, around the world, especially in Latin America. And, and I see the same behavior, the same stuff that they're doing here now. It's, 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 oh, I, would, okay. I would have never thought this would happen to our country. Yeah, absolutely. And let me say the purpose of the video series is that I've written books about it, but it turns out, okay. And, and I'm always surprised to learn this. It turns out there are people in America who prefer watching short videos to reading long books. Yeah. So I'm, I'm putting the out lazy. something. The lazy, the lazy, right? Hey, now, but you know what? We have so much time now, um, you know, that, that, that people are multitasking. I mean, uh, I, had, I had Rick Tyler on last week, I think, and, and you know, we were talking about his book, and, and I was making uh, – I was giving him a little jest that, uh, you know, for 15 bucks, I was able to get him to read for me for eight hours, right, because I got the audio book. <laughs> you know, we were laughing about that, and he's like, yeah, that was his first audio book, et cetera, and uh, – and you know what? I, I think people are, you're absolutely right. They'd rather get a clip of a video or they rather get an audio book than actually grab a physical book now and start reading it, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm a dinosaur. I, I like words and texts. I like writing and I like reading. But I got a first grader and a third grader. And let me tell you, uh, it's like pulling teeth. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Hey, so what did you think of the RNC, the DNC? Uh, everything that's going on, it's, uh, it, it's, it's crazy out there, huh? It is. I mean, look, the, 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 the RNC was terrific. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a great show, and it, and it really shows that, that President Trump is far and away uh, the finest showman we've ever had in the White House. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ronald Reagan may have been an actor, but yeah. Donald Trump is a producer. Yeah, without a doubt. We were, we, 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 you know, I was just talking about that with somebody else that, uh, that wow, like... Um, they should have never, ever canceled uh, a convention for them. Um, they did not 
they did not want this to happen. I mean, the uh, the backdrop of the White House, the front drop of the mall with the Washington Memorial, the fireworks, he destroyed them, absolutely <laughs> crushed them. And their idea that they're going to force Trump to have a Zoom convention like Biden was, I don't know uh, what the hell they were thinking, <laughs> you know, but obviously they weren't because he just destroyed them. And he got quite a bounce too, by the way. Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of it was they weren't thinking. I mean, the reason that he had to cancel the Jacksonville part was that all these damn states like New York, where I live, have 14 day quarantines. And, and he couldn't tell he, he, he couldn't tell supporters from around the country, show up at the convention, have a good time, then go home and quarantine yourself for 14 days at exactly the time that your kids are starting school and your office might be reopening. Right. I, I mean, it just wouldn't have been fair to his followers. It wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work. But man, did they, did they end up losing uh, and losing badly? The president got a huge bounce. I think his message was tremendous. I think the convention was great. You know, multiple locations, North Carolina. You know, we had the vice president up here in Baltimore at Fort McHenry. And then the White House. Uh, it was just spectacular, man. Uh, and, and he is such a showman. And he's been right on policy, too. It's, uh, it's a complete oh, package. His policy instincts are uncanny. I mean, you know, I, I can't believe what's going on, right? This is the guy who built the strongest economy in history and brought peace to the Middle East. Yep. And Biden's argument is what? It's Trump's fault. We're nuts. Right? Had they put up a reasonable Republican, we wouldn't have lost our minds. No, they've been losing their minds for 15 years. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, the, the DNC was dark and foreboding. And, and, and these guys, they are such clowns. I mean, look, now they're running around saying it's Trump's fault that there are riots in all these cities, right? They had a whole convention. If they really believed the riots were bad and it was Trump's fault, don't you think they would have mentioned it? They would have had a whole evening. If they thought of blaming Trump for the riots, they would have had a whole evening blaming him for it. They didn't even think of it until this weekend. Yeah, because the polls finally came back and they realized that, you know what, the riots are hurting Biden and the Democrats and they're getting crushed. And, you know, the argument that they are against the riots and the violence is, uh, is is just, you know, playing gaslighting, right? They're trying to gaslight the American people saying, you know, it, it, it's his fault, it's his fault when they're in, in, in fact endorsing, promoting and and uh, and incentivizing this. Um, you know, we don't have to go too far, you know, to dig out Kamala Harris's tweet saying, you know, make sure you, uh, you know, help, help us fund, you know, at this address or whatever the hell it was, a website, you know, so we can bail out all the uh, rioters, looters, arsonists, you know, and, and murderers, you know, attacking U.S. cities. And, and now they're against them. Um, so, you know, they, they, you know th these people, like I, I, I've been saying this entire cycle, um, are lunatics. They need a psychiatrist. They need to stay away from politics. That's, that's, that's where they are today. They have, a, they, they have mental health problems. You know, I, I, let, me, let me back up there. And this is some of the stuff I'm going to talk about in the video series. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very dangerous to think that your adversaries are crazy because crazy people can do anything. Yep. And, 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 and you don't waste your time trying to figure out what they're going to do. You just try to stay away from them. When you're walking down the street and there's some drugged out guy bobbing and weaving and waving his hands and screaming, you don't try to figure out what he's going to do. 
right? You, you just stay the hell away from them. So it really is important to understand that, that as crazy as they seem to us, right? It's because they're operating with a completely different value system, yep. right? There is an internal logic. And what's more, they didn't get there by, by, by uh, you know, by drinking tainted Kool-Aid, right? This is what's really scary. When I say that we let this happen to us, we set up incentive systems that made everything that they're doing rational. Okay? And you know where it comes from? It comes from academia. People don't, but it's not just, I mean, everybody focuses, this is a big thing, everybody focuses on the content of academia. They don't pay enough attention to how academia works. Do you know how you get rewarded if you're an academic? I mean, think about it. If you're a student, if you're a junior professor, if you're a professor climbing the ranks, how do you get rewarded? Do you know? I have no idea. By being slightly more outrageous than the guy who came before you. Okay? It's incremental outrageousness. What you have to do is you have to say, well, all the people in my field have decided we should be going in this direction. And once you've got a direction picked, the way that you build on it is you say, okay, prestigious professor went this far. And he left open some things. So I, in my seminal thesis work, will go one half step further. Now, it's important to only go a little further. Because if you go much further, you're dangling out there with no basis. But if you go a little bit further, you've got a firm foundation you're building on. Plus, you've now flattered this prestigious professor who says, aha, look at how many people think my work is great that so are building on it. All right? Now, this is what I call incremental outrageousness. Now, here's the problem. Suppose that you started in the humanities and the social sciences with reasonable questions like, hey, we've always studied history from the perspective of kings and nobles. Maybe we should think about what it was like for the peasants. Now, that's a good question, right? That was a question that was asked 70 years ago. And for 70 years, every new piece of work that's come out has been slightly more outrageous than the one that came before it. They're completely untethered from reality, but they got there logically. That's how we killed ourselves. Right, and every single day is pushing the envelope just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. It's, you know, it's like there's a saying in Spanish that says you give somebody your hand and they climb up to your head, right? Yeah. And, um, and and that's what they did, right? You gave You gave somebody your hand and they just, crawled up your arm all the way to your shoulder. Now they're standing on top of you, jumping up and down on your head, you know? And yeah, and the whole point it is it's incremental. And then it left academia and it went into the media. And it left the media and it went into social media. And once it's hit social media, it's the whole world. Yeah, it's widespread, right? Widespread. So yeah. how do you combat that? How do you combat that? I mean, you, you've written about it. You've talked yeah. about it, you know, in a nutshell. Well, there are ways to walk it back, and, and they usually involve, I, I mean, uh, you know, my, my favorite example, um, we'll get up to this next week, is, is one of the things that they do is they redefine the meanings of words, right? and um, nobody pushes them for definitions. Right? Suppose some progressive says, hey, Ivan, you're a racist. You got a bunch of racists on your show. Okay, What's your gut reaction? How do you respond to that? that they're insane and they don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, obviously they don't have any real arguments because they're going to insults, which is the typical liberal 
position, right? Okay, so here's what just happened. They called you a racist and you called them insane. And now I got two guys calling each other names. Okay, I'm not impressed, right? Okay, the other thing people do is they go to their guts and they go, what the hell are you talking about? I'm not a racist. Look at all my non-racist credentials, right? That's wrong too, because now we're talking about whether or not you're a racist. Right. Okay, so here's what you got to do. You got to say to them, that's interesting. How do you define racism? Now that's tough because you've been attacked and you're just asking questions. Right. But the thing is that, that, that you know, you know how they're going to respond. They're going to say something like, everybody knows what racism is. Then you got them because you could say, yeah, racism is when you break the world into racial categories and say, you belong to this box and you belong to that box and different people in different boxes get to play by different rules. And I didn't do that. And if you think that I'm a racist, then you don't know what the hell the word means. Right. Then they got to come back to you and they start telling you what the word means. And by the way, they really, I mean, you got to understand, after the uh, BLM riot started in, in, uh, in May, a bunch of their followers went to Merriam-Webster and asked them to uh, change the definition of racism because it was inconvenient. So they had to go to the dictionary and ask for a new definition. Now what you've done, though, is instead of talking about, instead of being two guys yelling insults at each other, and instead of talking about whether or not you're a racist, you're talking about whether or not progressives know what the hell racism means. That's a much better place to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not for the person you're arguing with, because they're, they're too far gone. Yeah. There are people who are listening, because there are a lot of people out there who think they're progressives, because they think progressivism stands for good things. And once they start hearing what it actually stands for, you can start winning them away. And we got to do that, right? I mean, if we're going to save our country, we have to do that. We got to start bringing people back to the land of the sane, right? The land of the mentally uh, healthy. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I'm a much simpler guy than you are, Bruce. <laughs> um, you know, I think realistically that and I believe Trump is going to win in November. Um, the extreme left will, will, will eventually fade out and the Democrats will, will do an internal purge and they're going to have to come back to the center. They can't, they're not going to be able to survive two, two major elections in a row getting, uh, getting beat by, you know, pushing the envelope farther and farther to the left. I don't see that. And you know what? Uh, frankly, Trump is no, you know, hard right conservative either. He's pragmatic. I would say maybe even borderline libertarian. You know, probably closer like a Rand Paul than you know than 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 a George W. Bush or somebody like that uh, or a Reagan. But um, you know, look look back at um, at 2010 when we had the Tea Party. You know, we had the Tea Party. We had this huge wave in, in, in the midterms and we crushed Obama, one of the largest, you know, defeats in a midterm in, in recent history. And uh, and then 2012 came around and what happened? You know, um, we got slaughtered. Yeah. You know, we got slaughtered and uh, and, we, and we had uh, remember that idiot, uh, Christine O'Donnell. I don't think anybody will ever forget about her. 
Well, she's not a witch. That's right. That's exactly right. She's not a witch. And she had to come out with an ad saying, I'm not a witch. I mean, how freaking crazy is that? I don't know. Pelosi should come out with an ad like that, but she just refuses. Yeah, I mean, she should, but I think... You know, once they lose uh, in November, I think they're going to have to do a purge. Uh, I, I can't see that party surviving going farther and farther to the left with the AOCs, Bernies, Omars, and and, and, and crazies like that. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Um, who knows? You know, I have to commend what you're doing and what the president is doing because because this this is the key reaching out to communities you know the, the ethnic communities in this country the black community the latino community the jewish community the muslim community progressives are really good at going into those communities finding rage filled leaders and scaring the hell out of people okay why do all the minority communities vote democrat well some of them actually believe what the democrats are selling a lot of them are afraid of the alternative you know why? Because the progressives go in and say, patriotic Americans are out to get you. And patriotic Americans don't go in and say, no, it's progressives that are out to get you. Well, they're only hearing one message. So we got to get out and we got to talk to these communities. Now, the other thing is, I mean, you know, I'm glad you brought up 2020, 2010. 2010 was when I first registered as a Republican. Uh, I was an independent from 2005 to 2010 because I couldn't really support either party. Um, 2010, I joined because uh, same reason I've been a Democrat for so many years. Um, for 25 years, the Republicans were a pretty coherent party, and the Democrats were a bunch of squabbling factions, some of which I liked, some of which I didn't. By 2010, the Democrats had cohered in the worst possible place, and the Republicans were a bunch of squabbling factions, yep. some of which I liked and some of which I didn't. Right, right. I, I've been very pleased with President Trump. And, and, and he gets a lot of heat from, from hardcore conservatives. But at the end of the day, first of all, I, I disagree with you. I don't think progressivism is going to fade out. We're going to have to defeat it. The same yeah. way we defeated yeah. communism and fascism. Yeah. But the thing is that the way that we defeat it is by building an anti-progressive coalition. Yeah. It's by isolating the progressives. Uh, you know, I, I am much more of a hardcore anti-progressive than a movement conservative. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, this is what the president has been doing. But people have to realize that if you want a, you know, if you want to isolate the progressives, you know, the most conservative governing coalition you can have is 51% of the country. And then the middle of that coalition is pretty far off to the right of the country. If you want an anti-progressive coalition, you're going to have to get 75, 80% of that country. Yeah. And the middle of that coalition is going to be pretty far to the left of the middle of your purely conservative coalition. Right, right. And, you know, Jack Kemp used to say this a lot is, you know, the votes are in the middle. Yeah. The votes are in the middle. You got to, you know, ignore the end zones. The end zones, you know, they, get, they, they make a lot of noise and they yeah. look like they're a lot of fun. But, you know, you also, you also find the crazies there, right? So... You know, let's stay away from the crazies. I, that, you know, that's, that's kind of my philosophy. You know, I've said it in the past. You know, our party is, has, uh, you know, they, they've tried, but I don't think they've done, been, been very effective in, in, in reaching out to, uh, to minority groups, uh, especially the Hispanic group. Uh, Democrats crushes there. They crushes with the African-American community, uh, even though I think this president has really, really turned it around, and we're going to see a big surprise 
in, oh, yeah. in both those demographics. I think, you know, the black community is going to come out at 15 to 20% for the president. Hispanics are going to be, you know, o o over 40, 40%, uh, without a doubt. You know, my, my big, um, my big, I guess, question mark, cause I don't know how to, how to measure that is the Jewish community. Um, <laughs> I see a lot of friends that are hardcore radical liberals and yet I see a lot of them that are converted over to the president. So, you know, um, maybe that's a subject for the next podcast. I know you got to run. It, it is a subject for the next podcast. It's actually something I've written about. If you really have right? to send you a link to the article, um, it appeared in Mosaic Magazine. It's available online. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do have to run. I'd love to come back anytime. And once again, look for the video series, uh, American Restoration with Dr. America. The promo is up on YouTube. Episode one appears Labor Day, every day after that. And where can they find that? Uh, where do they find you on Twitter? I guess you'll, you'll probably be posted on that, right? B.D. Abramson on Twitter, or you can look for Dr. America 5. That's D.R. America 5. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Bruce. It's always a pleasure to have you, and we're going to be right back with more Battleground. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.